0: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Sports Radio 550 WGR Buffalo and WKSE HD2 Niagara Falls Buffalo. 98.5 FM, a radio.com station. Western New York race fans, it's time to crank it up.
1: Start your engine!
0: For the next hour, the airwaves belong to you. Sit down, strap in, and let's head to WGR's Fast Track. All
1: right, take a nice, big,
0: deep breath, buddy. With your host, let's go out there have a good day. Right, bud. Dave Buchanan. Good morning, race fans. Eleven oh two here on WGR Sports Radio five fifty, and welcome. To the thrilling season finale of WGR's Fast Track. I'm Dave Buchanan. Thanks for listening, as always. We wrap up another season here on WGR Sports Radio 550. I believe this was season 12 of uh, Fast Track here on WGR, and it's uh, always been a blast doing this show. But in true fashion, we uh, are the football filler on Sundays here uh, once the Super Bowl ends we go on the air and once bill season arrives we go off the air and actually we're doing it a week early than normal this year we won't be on next week with the Labor Day holiday and uh, I, um, I'll be tied up next weekend so I won't be able to be on the air next Sunday anyway so uh, we'll be off and so this is our last show of the year and we leave you with the most ultimate cliffhanger in all of Sports Talk Radio, because we duck out before the major sport we focus on crowns their season champion. In fact, we'll do it with two weeks left in the regular season, so you'll have to, just like me, just watch from home on your couch and uh, commiserate about it on Twitter, because we won't be able to talk about it here on the show, as uh, Bill's season will be in full effect by then. But that's okay, because today we're going to peer into that crystal ball and try to predict what happens here in these final 12 races of the uh, NASCAR Cup Series season, the uh, final two races of the regular season, next week at Darlington with the Southern 500, and then the regular season finale in Indianapolis, and then the 10-race playoff to decide the 2018 uh, NASCAR Monster Energy Cup Series champion. So if you'd like to peer into your crystal ball and give me your predictions, uh, your final four, your championship favorite, uh, who gets eliminated when? Feel free to bring it this morning. If you've never called in before, or if uh you're not a regular listener and you want to chime in, this is your last opportunity this season. Uh, to talk with me, not that that's a big prize, but 803-0551, eight 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 five fifty two five fifty are the phone numbers to uh. Talk with us here this morning on the program. You can also send us a tweet, too. We're on Twitter at FastTrack550, at FastTrack550. And you can also uh, find us on Facebook, too, facebook.com slash WGRFastTrack. Also coming up on today's program, not only are we going off the air with the end of the Cup season and, and NASCAR and all the major motorsports too. You've got the uh, IndyCar s- season wrapping up. They've got two races to go. Uh, NHRA, they've got the US Nationals next week, next weekend, and then they've got their uh, playoffs. Uh, system as well, too, to decide their champions. And, hey, by the way, Tommy Johnson Jr., who we had on the show last week, got all the way to the finals. So I, I like to take a little bit of credit for for giving Tommy an extra boost of confidence to get him to the final round of Funny Car <laughs> last week at Brainerd, Minnesota. Uh, unfortunately, came up short in the final round, but still uh, great to see Tommy had his best finish of the season after being on our program. So we always like to joke that we're some kind of good luck, but usually usually it's the other way around. Usually it's a jinx when you come on our program. Um <laughs> especially the some of the guys we had on uh, for our Watkins Glen show and then a couple of them had some bad runs uh, including Eric Almarola. but uh still a, a great run for Tommy Johnson so you've got the you know all the major national motorsports series you know wrapping up their season on top of that too we've got the best part of the year the local racing season too and that's all the big end of year you know major races uh the big money championship races for the local racing season coming up too here over the next Month and a half or so going into you know early to mid October really when things kind of wrap up around here with all the big stuff and there's still a lot on the local racing scene and we're going to try and highlight some of those big end of year shows and it kind of kicks off. Well, we had uh, Jody London on last week and talk about his his big race that happened this past Friday night at Spencer the Dave London Memorial. Um, that was uh, sounded like a pretty good show and from what I saw online it was an interesting race to say the least, but. The The big show atmosphere in local racing continues starting this Friday night at the Spencer Speedway as the Race of Champions modified series will be at Spencer Speedway uh, near Rochester for the tribute to Pops Leedy 75. Uh, Jan Pops Leedy, the father of uh, Jan Leedy and the grandfather of Mike Leedy. And Mike is going to join us at the bottom of the hour to talk about uh, the race. It's the first uh, inaugural edition uh, of this event. And, uh, it should be a, a ton of fun, and the entry list is going to be stellar for this event, as already confirmed is uh, Xfinity Series star and talented modified driver Ryan Preece, um who is going to be in town uh, racing at Oswego the night after with the NASCAR Modifieds. He is going to be driving a third car for uh, for Mike Leedy and his family in the L2 Autosport team along with Patrick Emmerling. So we can talk to, we're going to talk to Mike about just the, the creation of this event and getting Ryan Priest to drive for him. So that is going to be uh, a great show next Friday night. But you've got that, and we'll try and highlight some more of the other big end-of-year shows that are going to be coming up uh, over the next month and a half here between Western New York, Southern Ontario, and even some of the big stuff into Central New York. <clears throat> Excuse me. But phone lines are open here, 803 551 888-552-550. Again, phone lines are wide open and uh, no guests on this opening segment if you want to uh, get in touch with us. Uh, on, you know, on top of the Cup Series, of course, you've got the Xfinity Series and the Truck Series 2, and the Truck Series playoffs actually get started today. And uh, they're not far from us. This is about as... Close as the Truck Series gets outside of going to uh, Pocono or Eldora, um, but this is this is as close as they get because they're just to the north of us, up in Bowmanville, Ontario, at Moseport, Canadian Tire Motorsports Park on the road course. Uh, they're outside of Toronto, and it kicks off the Truck Series playoff and uh, interesting times in the in the Truck Series with uh, the, the start of their playoffs today and also an interesting day for uh, one of our favorites here on the show, Stuart Friesen, of course, the Niagara-on-Lake-Ontario native, grew up in Ransomville and Lancaster Speedways and has been having a remarkable season in the Truck Series. Qualified for the playoffs coming out of Bristol, finishing second uh, to Johnny Sauter, so he's locked into the playoffs. Uh, and it's, it's interesting, it's, you know, Stewart's first NASCAR tr- truck race, I believe. I don't think he ran the race last year at most So this will be his first NASCAR truck race in his home country, but it's on a road course. And Stewart, of course, grew up on dirt tracks here in Western New York and Southern Ontario and in, in Central New York in the Super Dirt Car Series. And he's not a road course guy, but, uh, you know, you got to, if you're going to run the full schedule, you got to run all the tracks. So Stewart is going to try his hand at some, uh, road course racing he did do some uh, practicing and, and did some learning with Ron Fellows and their driving school up there to get ready for this race and uh, qualifying not so good for Stewart he rolls off 16th today and is 7th uh, out of the 8 playoff drivers in the field uh, on the front row is Ben Rhodes and Noah Gregson two of the other drivers that are in the truck series playoffs today then uh, Maya Snyder, Matt Crafton Timothy Peters, Johnny Sauter John Hunter Nemechek, Justin Haley, uh, Austin Hill, and Alex Tagliani. can't talk this morning. Alex Tagliani, who of course the great Canadian road racer, who always seems to pop up for some of these road racing events in NASCAR every once in a while, and uh, he rolls off uh, tenth today in the Truck Series. That's kind of a wild card in the field. So, but uh, Stewart uh, will have to try his best and uh, kind of uh, you know try and at least salvage a good finish today if he does, you know, struggle, at least try and stay in the race, try and get to the conclusion, and uh, try and stay in the lead lap and just earn as many points as possible so he can concentrate on moving on to the next round of the Truck Series playoffs, but uh, that is coming up today, and that that's a race that, that I, usually, you know, that race used to fall like on Labor Day weekend, so it was always... Um, you know, we've gone to the Glen last few years to so the IndyCar race. And so this year it's different falling on the the weekend before Labor Day. Actually, it's a nice place on the schedule with the Cup Series being off today. So the, the truck series stars kind of get the spotlight today, Sunday, and the race will be on FS1. But uh, that's one that's kind of on my list of, of cool stuff to, to go do. I'd love to, you know, maybe. Maybe next year or something. That'd be on the short list of places we'd love to take the show on the road for. Uh, since there is no, you know, IndyCar race at the Glen currently. That's where we've done another lot. Li- you know, we've done the live show there the past two years, but no IndyCar race at the Glen this year and, and next year. So maybe, uh, you know, maybe if do some planning during the offseason, maybe that could be an event we could take the show on the on the road for uh, to make the trip up to uh, Canadian Tire Motorsports Park for this truck race up there. Uh but definitely something I I love to go check out um since it is so close. But that is uh, coming up this afternoon. So the truck series plus starts today. The Xfinity series, uh they uh, rep- they're getting close to their regular season. Justin Allgaier, Speaking of road course racing, they they were at Road America yesterday. Justin Allgaier uh, picked up the win there, his second road course win of the season after winning at mid-Ohio a couple of weeks back. Matt Tiff, Daniel Hemmer, Cole Custer, Elliot Sadler there in the top five. And uh, so Xfinity Series wrapping up their regular season soon as well but uh let's take a look into the uh, crystal ball and if you want to do the same give us a call at 803-0551-888-552550 we will start here with the the last two races of the regular season now really looking at the points and we have talked about this a lot but the the playoff standings they're set there's not going to be a driver that's outside of the top 16 bumping their way into a playoff spot it's just not happening the, the definitely is not happening on points Alex Bowman, uh, the, the gap he holds over Ricky Stenhouse for that last position on points. He, uh, you know, Stenhouse isn't closing that gap in two races. And I don't think, uh, that any drive, not that this is a real stretch of prediction, but I don't think any driver outside of the top 15 is going to win a race here in these last two weeks to kind of bump their way in. Yeah, it would be fun to see a Daniel Suarez or a William Byron or a Jamie, uh, Jamie McMurray, uh, you know, sneak in there and win, say, at Indianapolis in a couple of weeks and bust their way into a playoff spot. I don't think it's happening though. The way this season has played out, the guys that are in the top 15, 16 points, they're up there because uh the the big guys have been just dominant this year. You look at the wins alone. Of course with the big three they've racked up so many wins, but really there is definitely a divide right there at fifteenth in the standings and it's just it at performance. So uh, barring some crazy events in Indianapolis, uh, I don't see a any driver currently not into the postseason making their way into the field of 16. So, with that being said, I will go out on a now nah, I'm not going out on a limb to say this, but uh, Darlington next Sunday, the the throwback race, the Southern 500, Denny Hamlin's gonna win uh next Sunday. That's my prediction here going for the uh, Southern 500 with Denny Hamlin uh I think he'll take that one so he'll it'll give him his first win of the season give him some more playoff points and uh, of course the Southern 500 tons of fun with the throwback paint schemes that I tweeted the other day uh, I think it was Friday uh my top 10 favorite uh, throwback paint schemes for the Southern 500 uh I really like I think Ricky Stenhouse has got the best one if you haven't seen it if you remember the old John Deere 97 cars that Chad Little used to run when he drove for Jack Roush well the Roush Fenway folks have partnered up with John Deere again, and so Ricky is running that uh, familiar green paint scheme that Chad Little used to drive, and instead of 97, it's the seventeen. so that one's my favorite uh, out of the bunch, and then uh, Kevin Harvick has a a pretty good one with Bush Beer, they always do an outstanding job, but instead of being it based on a race car, it's based on an old Bush Beer beer can that they had in the 1990s, that's where they got the idea for their paint scheme. Uh, and then quickly, I'll just hit my top five. Kyle Busch is finally doing a throwback paint scheme. He's never done one for the Darlington race before. Uh, and he's, of course, with Skittle sponsorship. Finally, they are going back to the old-school uh, Ernie Irvin Skittle's paint scheme. Uh, that people, I think, have been begging for him to do that these last couple of years with this throwback program. So Kyle is uh, going with that. That was my third favorite. Uh, Brad Keselowski's got a, an old-school Miller Genuine Draft paint scheme like Rusty Wallace used to run. And then Joey Logano did something cool. Of course, he has Pennzoil sponsorship, and if you remember, Pennzoil, of course, sponsored Steve Park in the one car when he drove for Dale Earnhardt Incorporated. So that, so Joey's paint scheme is kind of a tribute to the Steve Park car that Steve drove in the, the late 1990s and got some wins with, including that uh, huge emotional win at Rockingham in 2001 after Dale Earnhardt passed away. So, uh, those are my top five. You can see my top 10 if you go through my Twitter feed, and there's also a link there to see all the uh, throwback paint schemes. So, Denny Hamlin's gonna get the win in the Southern 500, and then that'll set us up, uh, for going to Indianapolis for the regular season finale. Of course, the first time that, uh, the, of course, changing the schedule this year with the Indianapolis, the Brickyard 400 race being moved up to the, um, Regular season finale instead of being run in July and August. Uh, they've moved it up here. Unfortunately, the Colts play the same day in Indianapolis. So we'll see how that affects attendance and everything there at the Brickyard. And, uh, it's the official name of the race, by the way, the Big Machine of Vodka 400 at the Brickyard. I love the race names they come up with <laughs> for that event. It's always some crazy, uh, string of sponsors. Uh, but I think, uh, Chase Elliott's gonna win at the Brickyard and get his second win of the season and do something his dad did uh, about, I would say about 15 years ago, I think. Bill won the, won the Brickyard 400 when he was driving for Ray Everham. Uh, so about 15 years later, Chase is going to copy his dad's run, and uh, he will get his second one of the season at the Brickyard to close out the uh, regular season. Speaking of the Elliott family, quickly, by the way, uh mentioned that Xfinity Series race at Road America. Chase's dad, Bill Elliott, did run that race yesterday, uh, coming out of retirement, and uh, he finished 20th after starting 23rd. Uh, they even put the rookie stripe on him because he'd been out of the car for so long. They kind of treated him like a rookie, made him go to the rookie meeting that weekend and they had the yellow stripe on the back of the 23. He was driving for, uh, GMS racing and their paint scheme was kind of a throwback. They made it look like the, uh, the old Budweiser number 11 car when Bill drove for Junior Johnson. So that was neat to see, uh, Bill back in the car. And I believe Chase was actually one of his spotters too for him, uh, yesterday at Road America. So. That's your regular season. Denny Hamlin at Darlington, Chase Elliott will win at Indianapolis. So your field, again, no changes. It'll be your 16 of Kyle Busch, Harvick, Truex, Kurt Busch, Boyer, Logano, Blaney, Kozlowski, Larson, Hamlin, Elliott, Al- Elmarola, Jones, Johnson, Bowman, and Dillon, of course. Austin Dillon. Outside of the top 16 points, but won that Daytona 500 by dumping Eric Almarola on the last lap. So he gets the final spot for the postseason. So we move on to the first round of the playoffs. The first three races are, are pretty, uh, uh diverse in their tracks. You start off, of course, Las Vegas, now the playoff opener, uh, with their second date, mile and a half tracks. So you can pretty much, you know, that'll be, that'll be one of the big three probably winning their mile and a half tracks. Truex, Bush always so good at those it'll be one of the big three probably winning the opener you go to Richmond which is kind of a short track but some people don't think it's a short track and uh you know and, and then on to which will be a ton of fun it, it could be a total nightmare it could be super exciting but the Roval at Charlotte which will round out the first round of the playoffs who knows what the heck's gonna happen in this race the the testing has been wild we talked to Clint Boyer he said the margin of error on some of those turns is very slim Like You could be inches away from getting through a chicane or putting yourself headfirst into a tire wall. Uh, It's going to be a wild race. On top of it being a road course, a new road course, and a a playoff elimination race, it is going to be nuts. And I'm sure some crazy stuff is going to happen. I have no idea who will win this race. It, It could be anybody. It could be... Uh, Michael McDowell winning it because half the field is taken out of crash. It's going to be a, a real a wild card event, but it should be a ton of fun. But coming out of the first round of the playoffs, I'm not, like I said, I'm not going to predict who, who wins. But so your first round eliminations coming after the uh, Roval at Charlotte, your four drivers eliminated will be Austin Dillon, no surprise. Uh, Eric Almirola, I'm going to say Jimmy Johnson get, does not advance out of the first round of the playoffs. Uh, you know, they've just been kind of unimpressive this season. And there's not a track, you know, if Dover was in this first round of the playoffs, I'd give Jimmy a shot, because. but Dover's the first race of the second round, so I'm going to say Jimmy doesn't make it. I think it's going to maybe miss by a couple of points, but Jimmy does not advance, and I don't think Ryan Blaney, uh, unfortunately, won't get out of the first round of the playoffs. Um, He's consistent, but he's not consistent enough come playoff time, you know, he's... Seventh or eighth in standings right now, but just lacks the the top five finishes and win, and obviously doesn't have a win yet this year. Uh, so I think he'll need he won't get enough points to advance to the next round either. So that leaves you with the big three, uh Kurt Busch, Clint Boyer, Logano, Kozlowski, Larson Hamlin, Elliott Jones, and Bowman going into the second round of the postseason. That starts at Dover. Uh that could be Jimmy Johnson, you know, looking for redemption. He could blow everybody away and get a win. Uh, Larson, Truex, obviously favorites there at the at Dover as well too. So, uh, you know, I don't see any surprise there. Then you go to Talladega again, another wild card race. It won't be an elimination race, but you got the potential for a you know, a, 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 a an upset win. You know, like a like a Ricky Senhouse and Austin Dillon, those type of guys that you know are good on the plate tracks and could steal a win. So, depending who gets wrecked, it could have a big implication. Uh, for the playoffs, obviously, but it won't be... uh, uh, It won't be, you know... I don't think it'll be... It won't be as crazy as, say, the Roval race because it's not an elimination, elimination race, and guys know they have one more... Race in that round of the playoffs, so uh, you might see a few guys kind of just take it easy and just try and uh, as best they can. Although it is hard to kind of even ride in the back and not get into something on a, a plate race, a plate track like Talladega. Uh, it'll still be probably the wild card of the second round, and then the uh, second round wraps up at Kansas, another you know mile and a half track, which will set up nicely for your Kyle Busch's and Martin Truex. And I, I really think it might be uh, a race that. Someone like a, a Kyle Busch may need to win in advance to move on to the third round, depending on if they get into trouble at Talladega or Dover. You might need to see a big guy, one of the big three maybe, needing to win at Kansas uh, to advance to the, the third round of the playoffs, and that, depending on how things shape up. But So moving on to the round of eight, still the big three are in it. They're chalk, basically, for me in this. Uh, Clint Boyer is going to move on, Logano, Larson, Hamlin, and Elliott. So that means your four out are Kurt Busch. Brad Keselowski, uh, Eric Jones, and Alex Bowman. Uh, there, uh, Alex's uh, impressive first year to Hendrick ends uh, at least uh, playoff-wise coming out of the uh, round of twelve. So on to the round of eight, and uh, this is always a wild uh, set of races. And there are three great tracks. I think uh, of all the talk of the schedule changes, don't leave the final four week, don't change the final four races of the schedule, especially this final round, this round of eight. These three races are always intense. Texas, uh, Martinsville, Texas, and Phoenix. Uh, three great, maybe th- three of the best tracks on the circuit for when it comes when it comes to just crazy stuff haf- happening, especially in the final round of the playoffs before the championship race at Homestead, Martinsville. I mean, you look at the eight guys I have remaining. All eight could be considered favorites to win at Martinsville. The big three, of course, Clint Boyer, a short-track guy. Joey Logano's run well there, but has also had some infam- infamous run-ins there at Martinsville. Kyle Larson, Denny Hamlin's one there, and Chase Elliott, another short-track guy. Uh, Martinsville will be a wild one. Phoenix, you could pretty much—or excuse me, Texas, uh, mile and a mile-and-a-half track, so obviously that favors someone like a Harvick or a Bush or a Truex. But, you know, with that, it could be someone eliminated earlier in the playoffs, could sneak in there and, and get that one, uh, someone like an Eric Jones or a Kurt Busch uh, or even maybe Jimmy Johnson on a mile and a half track. You know, Jimmy runs really well at Texas. He's won a lot of races there. You know, that could be a non-playoff driver winning at Texas. And uh, sparks can fly there. We've seen some crazy incidents, that one on Pitt Road with uh, Kevin Harvick and Jeff Gordon, their post-race scuffle there at Texas. Uh Obviously, everybody will be on edge. And then heading into the regular season finale or the playoff finale before the championship at Phoenix. uh, Obviously, Kevin Harvick has owned that place in recent years, chalking up a lot of wins. And uh, I'm sure everybody will be on their game. You always see the eight contending drivers uh, just up front for that whole race. So my final four, not a big shocker. The big three are going to the final four at Homestead: Bush, Harvick, and Truex. Again, I just have it chalk. They're going right through between the playoff points that they have uh, in their pocket from all their wins during the regular season, and just their performance in general this year as being the three best drivers on the circuit. Uh, I don't think this has been a season without a lot of a lot of surprises. And outside of the Roval at Charlotte, I don't see too many, a a ton of surprises come the postseason either. So, Bush, Harvick, Truex are my big three into the championship foursome at Homestead. And my fourth, I was on the fence back and forth between Logano and Hamlin. Denny is always, I think, since we've gone to this format, I think Denny's been in the final four like three times. But, uh... As much as I I was leaning on Denny, I'm going to go with Joey Logano making the Final Four. Joey's also had some good runs to make his way into a a championship foursome in the past, so I think Logano's going to get the final spot uh, over uh, Hamlin and Clint Boyer and Larson and Elliott. He'll get the final spot in the foursome at Homestead. And your champion for 2018, mark it down, is going to be Kevin Harvick. Uh, I think he's just, just a slight slightly bit better than Kyle Busch this year. It'll be very close. It If uh, all if all three of the big three and even all four championship contenders, as long as there's no issues, I think it's going to be a slugfest and it's going to be a great championship race, but I think Kevin Harvick is going to be your champion here in 2018, get his second career Cup Series champion. So mark it down. We'll, we'll mark the tape. We'll play this back in at Thanksgiving time and find out how wrong I am, but that is going to be my predictions for how the season is going to play out. Uh, love to hear your thoughts. Tell me I'm crazy. Tell me you agree with me. 803 550 888 550 550 You can also tweet me at FastTrack550 uh, and give me your thoughts as well. We'll take a look at those at the break. When we come back, though, uh, we'll talk to Mike Leedy from the Race of Champions modified series. They've got a big race coming up Friday night at the Spencer Speedway. We'll talk to speedy Mike Leedy, who's also the reigning series champion. And uh, we can take your phone calls too at 803 0551 888 550 We get back here on the season finale of Fast Track on WGR. 11.31 here on WGR Sports Radio 550, Dave Buchanan, and the season finale of WGR's Fast Track. We will be off for the Labor Day weekend, and then after that, it's football time here on WGR as the Bills' season, regular season kicks off on September the 9th. We do have Bills' football today, in case you weren't aware and you've been under a rock, but we do have Bills' Bengals' preseason coming up today at 4 o'clock, I believe, here on WGR. Uh, I go till noon. Uh, Nate Geary is in from 12 to 2 with countdown to kickoff, and then we hand it off, then he hands it off to sale out at the stadium for Bills pregame. And then, uh, just after 4 o'clock today, kickoff between the Bills and the Bengals, game three of the long preseason here in the NFL. But, uh, we'll have it right here on WGR. Uh, Formula One in action, uh, the Belgium Grand Prix at Spa earlier today. Wild, uh, first lap of this one. Uh, Fernando Alonso, of course, is uh, leaving F1 after this season. Uh, got run into from behind by Nico Hulkenberg, which launched him over the car in front of him. If you've not seen this yet, uh, search for it on Twitter uh, or uh, on social media somewhere. But a wild first lap crash, and Alonso got airborne and launched over the car in front of him, taking him out on the first lap. Uh, but a crazy start. Sebastian Vettel picking up the win, his fifth of the year. Uh, over Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen, Valtteri Bottas, Sergio Perez rounding out the top five, then Esteban Ocon, Roman Grosjean, Kevin Magnussen, seventh and eighth there for Haas F1, Pierre Gasly and Marcus Erickson rounding out the top ten, and Lewis Hamilton's points lead is now down to uh 17 in F1 as uh, Hamilton continues to lead Vettel there in the F1 standings. IndyCar in action last night. They were at Gateway uh, in St. Louis. Looked like a great crowd for this one last night at uh, Gateway in St. Louis. And Will Power picking up the win Uh his third of the year for uh, Penske Racing over Alexander Rossi, Scott Dixon, Simon Pagino, Zach Veach, the rookie rounding out the top five. Then Spencer Piggott, Joseph Newgarden, Ed Jones, Takuma Sato, and Graham Rahal rounded out the top ten there. Two races left in the IndyCar season, of course. Labor Day no longer at the Glen. They're at Portland next weekend. And then they wrap up at Sonoma two weeks after that for their championship. Scott Dixon holds the points lead. He's up over Rossi by 26 and 68 ahead of power. Uh, all three drivers have a three wins apiece. Uh, Joseph Newgarden is fourth. He's 78 back. Hunter Ray rounds up the top five. Uh, of course, the... Uh, Big story out of IndyCar last week at Pocono that huge crash early in the race, and uh, Robert Wickens, who we had on the show earlier this year, was involved in that horrible wreck. The car got airborne into the fence on the backstretch of Pocono. Uh, good news is is despite some uh, potential spinal injuries, he is uh, breathing on his own and uh, alert and talking. That was the update yesterday from Schmidt Peterson Motorsports. Uh, but just a scary crash and, and terrible for for Wickens, of course after his amazing start to this year and uh such promise going into his rookie season uh driving uh, for for Schmidt Peterson you know currently he was the 7th in points still uh even after uh you know of course missing yesterday's race at gateway but uh, hopefully he gets well hopefully he uh does not have any long term uh life altering injuries uh, from this, hopefully he heals up and, uh, not only just gets back on his feet and then maybe eventually back behind the wheel, but more importantly, just heals up and gets back on his feet again as a scary crash last week in a Pocono that caused about an hour delay as well. That they had to repair the fence and then, uh, Alexander Rossi wound up picking up the win for his third of the year. And, uh, I'd love to see Rossi win the championship. Talk a lot about him on the show. Had talked to him last year at Watkins Glen. And uh, just a huge talent, an American talent to an IndyCar, which the sport could always use and would love to see him uh, win the championship. Two races to decide it between him and Dixon and power with uh, Portland and uh, Sonoma still to come. Nick, do we got? All right, let's go to the AT&T hotline and bring in the reigning Race of Champions Modified Series Champion. He's picked up a win this year already. Driver of the Northeast Industrial Technologies number 25 for L2 Autosports, Speedy Mike Leedy joins us on the line. Mike, good morning, my friend. Great to talk to you.
1: Yeah, hey, Dave.
0: Thanks for having me. No problem. It's uh, always great to catch up, and uh, we've got a big one coming up this Friday night, The and this one, uh, of course, uh, part of your family. Uh, your, your grandfather, of course, uh, pops passing away this past off season. I know... Getting the win at Lancaster earlier this year meant a lot to you to pay tribute to him with that, and we're going to pay tribute to him again this Friday night at Spencer Speedway, which is shaping up to be a great show.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a huge night for my family. Uh, Pops was the patriarch uh, of our group. Uh, he, he was like the glue that held us all together. You know, he he, um, he, he, he kind of led all of our family events, and even the, the, he loved racing. He was a huge part of the race team. Uh, when we were working in the shop, he was always there. He was he, a lot of times he was the first one there, but if he wasn't, he was right behind me, showing up to the shop. And um, he was 81 years old when he passed away, but he was still doing a lot of things. Uh, he was cooking for the teams, and um, you know, we just miss him tremendously. And to have a night at Spencer Speedway, which is our home track, to honor Pops, it's it's going to be really special for me and my family.
0: Yeah, just tell us real quick about how this all came together with this race, uh, you know, trying to negotiate with uh, the the ownership there at Spencer Speedway but how this whole race came to be. Uh, I know uh, one of the people you work closely with, Jeff DeMink, and the folks from Race of Champions, you guys kind of all put your heads together to come up with this show uh, this Friday night.
1: Yeah, honestly, when it all came together, it wasn't going to be the tribute to Pops. It was before Pops actually passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, It was over the winter, John White, the owner of Spencer, and Shimon, had approached Joe Scott Nicky, the series director of the ROC, and he wanted to lease his events out this year, much like Joe's does with Holland on a yearly basis. Mm -hmm. And uh, Joe, he definitely wanted to do it, but he thought taking on three events over the course of a season might have been too much for him to handle. And um, so I kind of, me and Jeff together, we kind of decided that it would be good to help Joe and see if we could make the ROC race at Spencer a big event, because I know it could be, you know, just with a little bit of promotion. And um, so we kind of all put our heads together, and we've been working hard on making this a big event. When, when, when Pops passed away in April, it just made sense to turn this into the Pops Leedy Tribute 25, is what we're calling it. So. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's going to be a, a ton of fun, and I think you talk about that right promotion at Spencer. I, I think just this past Friday night, with what Jody does with his dad's race, shows with, with some enthusiasm and some good promotion. There, there's still, you know, Spencer can still draw some good crowds because there's some great racing there.
1: Oh, absolutely, I was there. We had the uh, my car and Patrick Emmerling's car on display there, promoting our event, and um, to see what Jody does is just amazing you know and it, it's honestly motivating to me to have a modified event like that at Spencer I, I live I can almost see it from my house <laughs> and um you know it's where we grew up racing it's it's special to us and you know it's what we're trying to do we've mm-hmm. we've raised sixty two hundred dollars over sixty two hundred dollars in lap money for this event and been talking to a lot of different guys we have 26 confirmed entries right now and that's confirmed I mean people that are definitely coming and there's probably six to ten other cars that are hanging out there so we're going to try and make it you know one of the biggest fields of the year on the ROC and you know it's I, I, my goal is to have the grandstand full and having the place thriving for one night and I think we're on our way with we got Ryan Priest coming to run in one of my backup cars so you know he's made a name for himself over the last couple of years and uh, so he should be a good draw, so hopefully people want to come out and watch him race.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. How did this whole deal with uh, bringing in Ryan, who, of course, is an excellent modified racer, but has also uh, had some success now in the Xfinity Series with Joe Gibbs Racing, and he's earned himself a lot more races later this year in the Xfinity Series. How did that all come to be with him driving uh, a third L2 Autosport car uh, this Friday night? Um, It's
1: kind of funny. I I don't... It goes a long ways back, back in 2006, um, in Oswego Speedway, it was Ryan's first ever race in a modified, he was 14 years old, uh-huh. and it was I was driving my own car, the L2 Auto Sport 25, and I, I started second that day, but Ryan was on the pole, and then, um, I actually went on to win the race, but it was my first ever ROC win, but I still remember Ryan with braces and 14 years old <laughs> next to me, and then driver introductions, we had... <laughs> Just had a nice long conversation and uh, became friends. Just I was just asking him, you know, about his past racing, and with, it was actually him and his father, Jeff. Yeah. And uh, learned a lot about him in the ten minutes on the front straightaway. And we've always just kind of kept up with one another, and you know, new Smyrna we we always see each other and uh, tour races and stuff. And just uh, I thought that you know the way that his career has escalated over the last couple of years, and then us having a race at Spencer that he could really add to the show, bring something that people would want to come see. So I just called him up out of the blue one day and asked him if he wanted to do it, and he was ecstatic. He wanted, he was, he just, was, he loves to race, and he only, I think he's raced at Spencer one other time. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, not, not much experience at Spencer, but he's going to be at Oswego the next night. So, like I said, he jumped at the opportunity, and we're going to try and put a good piece under him.
0: That's got to be a challenge. I mean, you, your dad, Jan, your, your brother, Steve, the, all the, the, the family and crew there, the L2 Autosport team. I mean, you field two cars and they're two of the best darn cars on the circuit between you and Patrick. And then this, this third car now that we've seen pop up, you put, uh, Tony Buffamonte in it at, Lang- at Lancaster. That was a ton of fun to see him out there, the road racer, and now feeling a third car for Ryan Priest. You guys just really work hard to, to prepare some top flight cars.
1: Yeah, as soon as I get off the phone with you, I'm going back to work at the shop. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but you're, you're right. It's not just me. It's uh, it's the whole team. Uh, we've got a, a group of five to six guys that are really committed to being successful, and, and that's what you need. you know? But we've got, um, I think, between me and Patrick, we've got four cars that are dedicated ROC Modifieds, and we keep them, uh, keep them in top shape maintenance-wise and a lot of time testing and that's what it takes nowadays you know yep. we've, we've got the, the the we put the time in and it's uh, it shows on the racetrack that's for sure and uh, like i said the whole group effort but we honestly three cars is kind of something that we would like to build towards in the future um i don't know if it'll happen for next year but we've you know we would like to build the three cars and and uh show up with you know, a chance to get a one, two, three finish. We've been one, two a lot. And yeah, now we're just, we're trying to keep growing.
0: Yeah, that'd be fun to see. Uh, quick, Mike Lee. Mike Leedy is joining us from the Race of Champions Modify Series. Just talk about your efforts yourself on the track. Uh, you know, we've talked about this in uh, you know interviews, uh, post race interviews at the track. But you know, you had a, a new car and, and kind of struggled the first two races of the year, but then. Uh, once we, we got into the, the summer part of the season, you've really been on it. A close second at Lancaster to Chuck, and then come back and win a race at Lancaster, a close call at Jucasa. I mean, once you got that car figured out this year, you, you've uh, certainly been a consistent fr- front runner once again.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you're right, 100%. I mean, it took a couple of races to kind of get the bugs worked out of the new car. It was, you know, we, we tried to go it right with our usual uh, old conventional setup that we've been running. and it just didn't work. Um it was good during the early part of the day when the tires were new and stuff, but as the tires wore out we just didn't have a handle on it and so we just changed some things around. We did some uh some testing and um, we figured it out, like I said. It's Lancaster. We've been really good at Lancaster. Mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to the US Open. Um at Jucasa it was actually not the new car there, but we were fast there as well, like you said, and uh it's it's good. It, I feel as though we've been a more consistent threat to win this year Mm -hmm. than in years past. I mean, we won the championship in 2017 with good, consistent finishes. But I could only point to one or two races where, you know, we we really had the speed to just be the fastest car on the track to win the race and didn't need something to go our way to win. Um, But this year, I feel like, like you said, there's been three or four races where we're one of the fastest, if not the fastest car out there. And it feels good. You know, it's a lot of hard work and... Uh, I, I hope we can continue that
0: on. Well, Mike, uh, really excited to get back to Spencer Speedway this Friday night for the Tribute to Pops leading race at Spencer. And then uh, after that, the U.S. Open and the Race of Champions 250 at Lake Erie Speedway. Uh, Mike, best of luck the rest of your season and for the rest of your team. And thanks for the time this morning. Now get back to work.
1: <laughs> yeah, thanks. we Will do. <laughs> we'll see you Friday.
0: Uh- all right. See you then. All right, Mike Leedy from the Race of Champions Modified Series, and uh, he's off back to work on to prepare uh, three race cars for this Friday night at Spencer, the tribute to Bob's Leedy uh, seventy-five uh, seven o'clock this Friday night, the Spencer Speedway in Rochester, uh, just outside of Rochester, Williamson, New York. Uh, Route 104, uh, find your way to Route 104 and you can't miss it. Uh, it's going to be a great show. Along with them, the uh, Race of Champions four-cylinder dash series and the street stocks that usually see it run at Lancaster will also be on the card this Friday night. When we come back, the last segment of the year, one final local racing roundup and some heartfelt, tearful goodbyes as we get ready to wrap up the final episode of Fast Track here this season on WGR. Our final one of the season, Friday night, Lancaster, Dragway, Wayne Cleveland got the win in top eight. Fran Pepe in top E.T., Jeff Curl and mod E.T., Mike Nearhoof in bikes and sleds. Mason Fix got both the street E.T. win and won the special pickup truck class. They also had semi-trucks and dump-trucks drag racing, and kids love that. Sean Lindsay Lindsley got the semi, semi-truck semi win. Kevin Tarbox got a dump-truck win there Friday night, Lancaster Dragway. Uh, they got a big race Tuesday night, uh, their Race of Champions event. All former track champions and race winners from the past calendar year are eligible. So that should be a good show Tuesday night, and then Friday night with the uh, supercharged Bounty Hunters. Ransomville Speedway Friday night. Matt Farnham got his second modified win of the season. Austin Seuss, he got the sportsman win Uh, Pete Stefanski, another Street Stock win. Ashley Black in the Four Bangers. And Kenny Washburn got another win in the uh, Novice Sportsman there Friday night at Ransomville. Saturday Night Action, Genesee Speedway. Kyle Inman's been on a little hot streak here late in the year. He got his second win of the year at Genesee. Bill Holmes in the Crate Late Models. Dave Dubois in the 360 Lates. Doug Jones in the Street Stocks. Dante Mancuso in the Mini Stocks. And Jessica Traxler in the Bandits Division. Lancaster last night... It was Sean Nye picking up the win in the Sportsman feature, holding off Owen Bednaz. Andy Crying got his ninth win of the year in the Street Stocks. Kyle Hutchinson in the midgets. Charles Palmer got the win in the four-cylinders. Lancaster about a half-hour rain delay, but still managed to get the show in despite being interrupted mid-program. Track at Hillside, Greg Krause won the Street Stock four-cylinders. Ken Maltby won the Street Stock eights. And uh, Joe Evans was awarded the win in the Sportsman-modified uh, feature there yesterday afternoon at uh, the track at Hillside. Merrittville Speedway last night, Jay Moulton in the mini stocks, Dave Bailey another one in the Hoosier stocks, Dave DiPietro won the Race of Champions Sportsman event over Chad Chevalier and Cody McPherson, and the 74-lap Harry Sittler Memorial went to Matt Williamson his 10th of the year, Chad Brockman, Scott Wood, Ryan Susie, Pete McNeil rounding out the top five. Uh, did not get the results from Wyoming County, although I did pick up that Ricky Knapp won the uh, SST Modified Championship out there at Wyoming County International Speedway. Tonight, a big show at the Humberstone Speedway. You've got the Pete Costco Memorial for the Modifieds, and you've got the Race of Champions Sportsman Series. They're wrapping up a three-race Canadian swing. Started Friday night at the Oshuiken Speedway. Brent Bigelow got the win there Friday night at Oshuiken and then last night, uh, with Dave DiPietro winning at Merrittville, and they'll be back in action tonight at Humberstone. So a huge show, uh, six divisions, including the Modifieds there at Humberstone. Uh, that should be a fun one, 6.30 uh, there for that one. Uh, lots to do in the, in the coming weeks with local racing. Um, Labor Day weekend, uh, you got, of course, the Pops Leedy race Friday at Spencer. You've got Classic Weekend at Oswego. Uh, the following weekend... You've got the uh, the Dirt Sportsman Series rolling through with stops at Ransomville, Merrittville, and Humberstone. Uh, the Sid Jeffrey Memorial for the Modifies at Ransomville has been rescheduled that weekend as well, too. Uh, you've got still the U.S. Open to come at Lancaster the weekend of September 21st through the 23rd. And race the Champions weekend at the Lake Erie Speedway the final weekend of September. You've got Super Dirt Week uh, at Oswego uh, Wyoming County has their big uh, Labor Day and fall shootout races still to come this year. Uh, Genesee Speedway has a show uh, in mid-October, October 13th, I believe, and they rescheduled their modified race that night. So lots still for the next six weeks or so with local racing. So don't bail on, on the scene uh, despite what's on TV on Sundays and on the weekends. You know, Still try and make it out to your local tracks a couple more times because there's still a lot of great racing to come in the next month and a half. Thank you for listening. Uh, again, we're off next week, and then we're done for the year. So thank you for listening for another season here on Fast Track. Thank you. To Alan Davis for giving us the time slot. Thanks to Mike Jafari, who's mostly the producer of the show, although we've got Nick here today for the first time, adding to our long roster of uh, show producers throughout the years. So, But thanks to Mike for all his work throughout the season. And thank you to all our regular listeners of the program and everybody that comes up to me at the tracks to say they listen to the show. I really do appreciate it. I'm hoping few people do get enjoyment out of this show every Sunday as much as I do. Hopefully, we'll talk to you next February. If not, uh, follow us on Twitter, FastTrack550, and we can always talk there about racing. So uh, enjoy football season, and hopefully, we'll talk to you next year. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy,